Good evening, everybody. It is Tuesday in the middle of winter still. Uh, still waiting for this um, shutdown to stop. Uh, I don't know if we're making any progress. There's rumors that we're making some progress. But um, in the meantime, we've been having a lot of guests uh, earlier. You know, over the last couple of weeks, we talked uh, to someone from the Cardinals. We talked to someone from the Brewers. And um, we talked to someone from, I don't even remember, some other team. But now we have uh, Alex White, or maybe we'll call him Alex Red, because he's a big-time Reds guy, major sports fan. And he's from, he's calling from Cincinnati. You still there, Alex? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks for having me. Cool, man. And uh, your, your podcast is called The Section 23, right? Yeah, uh, we call ourselves Section 23. Um, kind of go give you a little backstory there. Um, me, uh, my friends Joe and Randy, we actually work um, um, in Section 23, and that's where all the scouts sit. So we've developed some relationships with scouts and uh, the fans there. And we just feel part of Section 23 because it's for the fans, and we get the scout view. Yeah, because you're uh, right behind Red. home plate. Yeah, yeah, right behind home plate. What do you guys do? Uh, we just do um, food and beverage service. So, you know, you, you sit in our seats, you get premium in-seat service where uh, we just, you you order beer and we'll give you a beer. You order a hot dog, we'll get you a hot dog. And you get a great view so, of the game. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's the only reason we work there. Watch the game. Yep, yep. The money and fans is just all second nature after that. Yeah, that's cool, man. But anyway, um, the uh, Cincinnati Reds are an interesting team. I mean, um, uh, they definitely have struggled in the last decade or so. Um, but I've noticed that lately um, some of the young players have started to hit. Uh, and what I mean by, you know, hitters and pitchers, your hit rate has gone up. And um, just in the past year, um, I think your prospect uh, ranking has really gone up. And I noticed that a lot of those guys are young prospects, like single A guys. Do you follow the prospects as well on your podcast? Yeah. Um, Randy's actually, um, you know, our co-host Randy, he's really into the prospects. He, uh, he's been on the fantasy baseball and he drafts players for his fantasy, fantasy team. Basically the year getting red. So Randy's like our, our, uh, prospect expert. Uh, Joe and I, we kind of sprinkle in our thoughts here and there, but yeah, we, we cover the prospects. Yeah, I was talking to Adam Layton last week, and he does like locked on prospects, and he was just gushing about um, Nick Lodolo. Have you got a chance to see that dude? I haven't had a chance to see him personally. Um, I know last year he kind of shot up the prospect rankings um, in the organization, kind of became the number one prospect. Um, I think it's him and Hunter Green are two top prospects, and they're two guys that were distracted within the last five years. Um, both have eighth potential, I think. Um, I don't know if they'll be ready to come up next year, maybe mid-year. They'll be ready to come up. Yeah, I was wondering uh, about that. Very excited, very excited to uh, get them up here because pitching, you know, we'll see what happens with Luis Castillo. You know, the Reds keep talking about uh, throwing him and Sonny Gray and Tyler Malley in the trade talks. Um, it's going to be, like you said, like this is a very interesting team this year. Yeah, I mean, at least your owner, like I thought your owner was pretty cool about it. Like at least he came out and said, hey, man, we tried, you know, um, we tried the window and then we kind of got screwed with the pandemic. 
And it's going to be difficult for us to maintain this level of payroll. Um, but, you know, the Pirates owner, he doesn't tell you anything. He just trades everybody. So, I mean, at least, you're, at least your owner was honest. Are you guys pretty cool with the owner in Cincinnati? Or? Uh, most fans will probably, you know, Twitter has hashtag sell the team Bob going on right now. Um, it's, it's, some people like him, some people think he's, uh, bluffing all of his calls, but, you know, it, it's a business, and I understand what you do with the team, but, Bob, you have the money. We'd like, the Nick Castellanos is the big one right now. Nick Castellanos, yeah, I mean, an all-star player last year. He was going to go, uh, though. Free like, agent this year. Yeah. You would, I can tell you that personally. Um, his family is as nice as can be. They love it here. Um, him and Jonathan India have become great friends. Um, so Jonathan India is last year's Rookie of the Year. Um, obviously, you'd like that friendship to continue to go and blossom. And you know, Nick Castellanos can maybe mentor Jonathan. Um, but like I said, like. He's going to cost a lot of money this offseason. I don't know if Bob's going to put up the money for that. So, yeah, it doesn't uh, look like. Yeah, looks like he's gone, right? It looks like uh, whoever I don't know if his, um, you know, if his guy is Scott Boris or not, but whoever his agent is, seems like they want him to get you know some kind of big time contract. Even though it seemed like the Reds offered him like a fair deal to stay, you know. Yeah, you know, they put out that qualifying offer and he declined it, so Red yeah. will get that uh, draft pick. But uh, the things that I've been reading um, is he, before all the lockout stuff, he was in talks with uh, the Mets. seemed like the Mets were the front runners to land him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they seem like they're just throwing money at everybody. Yep. Uh, but, you yeah, know, I don't know that it's necessarily going to work for the Mets. I mean, they've tried it before where they paid a lot of money for a bunch of older guys, and it didn't work out. Um, last time it was Johan Santana. You know, this time it's um, Scherzer, but uh, I don't know, man. I mean, the Mets, I think it was on your podcast. Somebody said the Mets met, you know? Yep, yep, that's Randy. <laughs> the, the Mets met. You know, they had that lead in the division last year, and they they blew it. Big time, yeah. And you guys actually had a lead in the wild card at one point, right? Yeah, uh, I think at one point. I think we had 30 games left in the season and we were up five games in the wild card or something like that. And uh, the Cardinals went on their surge. The Reds kind of fell backwards and the Reds missed the playoffs. So even though they had uh, the easiest schedule um, of all the remaining contenders. Yeah. Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah, sometimes the schedule doesn't matter. It's just like if you're hot at the time. Well, I mean, obviously the Cardinals got red hot. Yeah. No pun intended, I guess, but it sucked. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was impressed with a couple things last year. I mean, Joey Votto has two years left. Uh, pretty much he's probably going to retire in two years. Um, but a lot of people were thinking, especially Pirates fans, were thinking that you guys were going to really be punished for giving him that long contract. And actually, Pirates fans were hoping that you guys would be screwed. But I mean, if you look at Votto's numbers last year, a 938 ops... 36 bombs, 23 doubles. Um, I was pretty impressed with Vado. I mean, what did you guys think of Vado last year? Yeah, Joey Vado um, went back to his MVP form, and he, you know, Joey Vado is a creature of habit. I know you probably recognize that over the years of seeing him play. Um, and he kind of redefined himself last year. 
had his exit velocity on on his on his pole it was way up. So it's, it's a new Joey Votto, and Red fans are really excited, and hopefully it extends his career and uh, the Reds can win with it. Yeah, man, maybe he was just all into the, um, you know, the new way of playing baseball with, you know, the launch angle, you know. Um, you know, you have to make a certain amount of contact. But, I mean, if you're going to hit, you know, 36 home runs and 23 doubles, it's probably worth it. I mean, I don't know how many times. I'm going to try to see how many times he struck out. Um, only, only, I say only, 127. And Jonathan India struck out 141, and he was Rookie of the Year, so. I think so too, man. I think that's it. and that might change at some point, but um, you know, I mean, it didn't really work for the Yankees. But even watching the playoffs, it seemed like every playoff win had a big home run in it, like a three-run bomb or something. Yep. I mean, you got to have home runs, and you guys have the park for it. I mean, I've gone to see a few games at. Is it still called the Great American Ballpark, or is it like a bank now or something? Yep. No, it's still Great American Ballpark. Yeah. Maybe yeah, obviously they're known as the launch pad, but um, but I don't know, man. It's a fun, it's a nice place to watch a game. I mean, I parked maybe a few blocks away, walked to the stadium. You know, it was pretty easy to get to. Um, you know, I had a good time watching uh, the uh, Reds play the Pirates a couple years ago. But yeah, I mean, you guys do hit a lot of home runs, and some of that I'm sure has contributed to the ballpark, but. Um, even getting rid of Castellanos, who had like 34. Um, Suarez had 31. Um, India, uh, let's see, India, um, Winker, and Naquin had about 20. And then, unfortunately, Aquino, I don't know what the heck happened to that guy. Didn't he get off to a, like a great start? Yeah, I think that was 2019. He had that stretch where he had nine home games, nine home runs in the month. Like some ridiculous amount of home runs in the number of, in the month of August, and ever since then, uh, he's kind of and he he was early for his time uh, in 2019. Um, he's still adjusting, I think. Um, you know, he, he changed his swing, but he's still, he's still growing, and I'm not sure if he's going to be an everyday player. Obviously, with power like that, you'd like for him to be an everyday player. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't seem like he's adjusting well to what pitchers were adjusting to him. Yeah, I mean, they have a couple guys they could. Um, if they wanted to kind of replace Castellanos with um, a couple of guys, uh, they have a guy named Akiyama, and they also have Schrock. So, I mean, it, uh, are those guys still with the team? Yeah, um, Shogo Akiyama, he was a free agent signing, I think, two years ago. Um and you know, he came from Japan. Um, he was advertised to us fans as a on-base guy, um, kind of similar to Shinsu Ju, who was with the Reds uh, back in 2012. Ju was high on base, um, but he had the power numbers to go with it, too. Shogo's not much of a power guy. He's more yeah. of a flat hitter. Okay. Um, and Shogo, he... 
has had trouble um, being consistent at the plate. Um, I, Joe and I always joke about, and Randy, we all joke that, uh, Shogo, you're good for, if you want to play a place a bet on where he's going to hit the ball, <laughs> it's going to be a weak ground ball to the second baseman. Uh, that sounds like um, the Pirates uh, shortstop. Um, he every every hit that he does is like a weak ground ball to the shortstop or the second baseman. Yep. Um, but you also have a guy that actually was a bust, uh, Nick Senzel. I mean, I think he was like a first round pick at one point. Yeah, uh, Senzel. He was a first round pick in 2016. Um, he was top prospect for you know, two or three years, and he finally came up. Um, 2019 season, I believe it was. I think came up late in 2019. Um, and he just hasn't been able to stay on the field. Um, he's been plagued by injuries this past year. I think it was a foot injury. Um, the year before that, it was a hamstring injury. Like he just, he, and the, he also had shoulder um, surgery, I think, one year. Huh. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. And it's a real shame because last year, he was playing really well. Um, the first, Three months of the year. Huh. Um, it looked like his, he had all-star potential. Um, the way he was hit. not he doesn't have the power numbers, but he did have the the doubles and the RBIs and the base hits. He just he was finding his role, and then he got hurt again. So um, I don't know if I call him a bust just yet. He's, he's still in team control for a few more years. That's true. Um, but. You know, as long as if he's able to stay on the field and stay healthy, he has potential to, be, to fill that fill that hole. That's true. He might be the guy. I mean, if, yeah. if if we have a spring training and he starts out hot and he's healthy, maybe they'll just have him be the guy to take over for Castellanos. Yeah, they have a lot of outfield potential. Um, they bring back Tyler Naquin, who was like you said, he has the power numbers. He had 19 home runs last year, um, but he. Suffered injury late in the year last year too. Um, so Tyler Naquin, he he even slide over to right field and he put Denzel in center. Um, they also brought up TJ Friel. Um, oh yeah, I see that. Year. Yeah. Right now, for the end of last year, he was one of their higher prospects. Not a, not a great prospect, but he he can uh, he 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 will have a role on the team next year, I think. Yeah, he just um, got like a cup of coffee, I think, like forty at bats or something. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I wasn't aware of him. So he's like a middle, like a mid-range prospect, not like a top 100 Baseball America. But, I mean, those guys don't always pan out, and sometimes the mid-range guys end up being pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then you got um, a couple guys I'm not super familiar with. I don't know if they will be back in their positions. Uh, I'm assuming Suarez will stay at third. Um, but how about Kyle Farmer? Like, what's his story? Yeah, so Kyle Farmer, last year, the big question for the Reds was going to be who was going to play shortstop. Um, they had Kyle Farmer, who up to last year was more of a utility player. He'd fill in at second base, catcher, third base, shortstop, whatever was needed. Um, they also thought about moving Suarez to shortstop. Um, Eugenio Suarez, is, his primary position when he came up with the Reds was shortstop. And then out of need, they moved into third base. Um, and that was very early in his career. So uh, they, they tried moving him back to shortstop last year. Um, and the first couple of years, Suarez was very cold at the plate. Yeah, oh, I remember that. Yeah, he was, 
he was like uh, went through some bad slumps. He he's another guy that can hit the ball like a mile, but he had some slumps, right? He's got a lot of power. He had thirty-one home runs last year, but his average last year was only one ninety-eight. Yeah, he that's just, tough. It was home runner, but us Reds fans it reminded a little bit of Adam Dunn. Yeah, back in the day where Adam Dunn was home run, double, strikeout, yeah, those were his only. Um, Oh, did you you guys had him but, on your team? Yeah, he was he he came up with the Reds and he was traded for Scott Rowland. Okay, all right. Well, he was insane, like on um, Toronto for. Well, I know because I had him on my fantasy baseball league, and uh, okay. I man, Edwin Encarnacion had some big time years. He was actually underappreciated. Like he had a he. I don't think he ever won the MVP, but his home run numbers were like off the charts after he left you guys. Yeah, he had a lot of power with us, but unfortunately, he had to play defense, um, and his defense was still play too, so um, the move to the American League really helped him to be able to play DH and first base, and really extended his career, I think. But in general, like in general, even if you guys are cutting some payroll, and if you get rid of one of those guys, like if it's... A- if it's up to me, I'd rather get rid of Sonny Gray because I, I, it seemed to me like Sonny Gray was really inconsistent last year um, where Luis Castillo, I mean, he wasn't super consistent, but he, I mean, it feels like Castillo is maybe a little bit more dependable than Sonny Gray. Are you out in the wind now? No, it's not like Yeah, just a little static. It's all right. Okay. Wait, I got my AirPods. Maybe. Oh, maybe it's it, it could be the AirPods. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So who? Yeah, that's better. Okay. Uh, who do you prefer, yeah, so, Sonny Gray or Castillo? So I think Castillo has the better stuff. Gray again. His biggest problem is his ability to stay in the rotation for a full year. Um, I don't know if he's ever done it in his career. Yeah. Um, he, he was on the IL for a month last year, I think. And Castillo, so the interesting thing with Castillo, um, when he is pitching, when it's less than, I, I forget what another was. We looked this up on the podcast, so it was less than 60 degree weather, less than 65 <laughs> degree weather, whatever. Yeah. yeah. For some, for whatever reason, he, ERA shot up when the weather was colder. I don't know if that's the rotation on the ball because he relies on his changeup, and when when his changeup isn't moving, um, that spin rate go, obviously goes down within the cold, and um, it, he just he wasn't the same pitcher until middle he uh, the middle of summer in his ERA he started looking like Luis Castillo that we're used to, where he's throwing you know one earned run a game and just ridiculous strikeout numbers. So I agree. I think Luis Castillo would be the one I would keep over Sonny Gray. Um, the other one to look out for is Tyler Malley, too. Uh, he kind of had a, um, a, 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 a showing up party, I guess. Um, he had a good year. year. Yeah. He had a really good year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he'll be a number one guy. I think I see him more 
as a number two or three guy in the rotation. Luis Castillo definitely has ace material, though. Yeah, well, I've seen him pitch um, close to shutouts. It's funny because he's from the Dominican Republic. Maybe the dude just likes warm weather, you know? Absolutely, that's what we joke about. Like, you know, let's, let's uh, you know, the Reds are notorious for uh, always hosting opening day. Yeah. Let's not even throw Castillo out because Cincinnati weather opening day, it could be 40 degrees, it could be 75 degrees and sunny. Um, <laughs> keep Luis Castillo away from that forty degree weather. Yeah, mo- adjust your rotation, Florida, man. And then, yeah, uh, and then we can then he can start. Yeah, and there there was a guy that the Pirates fans on Twitter love to make fun of, um, Amir Garrett, because I guess he's blown a lot of saves and he blew some saves against the Pirates, but um, he's really inconsistent, right? Yeah, which was, I mean. Last year, Amir Garrett was probably his worst year of his career. Um, he had the stuff to be a solid arm in the bullpen. Um, and he actually has, I always say, a closer has to have a certain kind of mentality, too. Uh, like, like a go get him kind of guy. Like, I'm going to get you out with whatever I throw. And Garrett has that mentality. Um, for whatever reason, he just didn't have the stuff last year. I don't know if, uh, you know, something changed if he was hurt at all or, or what, but he just didn't have it last year. Yeah. I'm rooting for the guy. I think he's got great stuff. I think he's got a great arm, a lot of action on his slider. Um, and, and that's really tough with he's a powerful left handed thrower. So um he's no a role as Chapman, but uh, he I think he has a role in the bullpen. He's just the men, the mental part has to be there for him. Yeah, which is a lot of bullpen dudes. Actually, you guys traded for um, an ex-pirate uh, he, who has moved around a little bit, Justin Wilson. He's sort of a power dude, right? Yeah, uh, Justin, I think he, he pitched some last year. I think um, he was hurt with, he came over from the Yankees. I think he might have been hurt when he came over. Yeah. Um, so we only got like a month out of him. And he, he mostly pitched in... Long relief situations never really like, oh, okay. stretch, but yeah, he uh, he was serviceable. Yeah, because it seems to me like I remember seeing that the Reds traded for some relievers at the deadline, but then I remember hearing on your podcast that um, there were some blown saves in uh, the month of like mid August, late September, like you know, kind of around that area where you were losing that wild card lead. Yeah, um, Lucas Sims is currently the, I guess, closer, number one on the closer depth chart. Um, he was dealing with injuries last year, and I think he blew a couple saves down the end. Um, Michael Gibbons was another guy who the Reds traded for, and he blew a couple saves down the end. It was, that was the yeah, story of the Reds season last year. Yeah. Was the amount of balloon saves that we had. If we had traded for bullpen arms back in May, June. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. That's what I'm thinking, I think. that That's what I read about. Yeah. If we had gotten some arms back in May and June, we had a stretch in May where I so many games one run, and that was because the bullpen gave up a run late. Yeah. Yeah, and from what I understand, from what I can remember, isn't Sean Doolittle another guy that's been around the block a bunch of times, like, like sort of an older veteran type dude? Yeah, 
Um, he was signed as a free agent last year for the Reds, and he did not produce at all. Uh, um, all right. All we right. we joke we joked at all we joked all the time how Duel should not be in safe situations and close game situations. And I think I don't know. I think we released him, and he was picked up by the Mariners. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. I wonder if he did anything for Seattle. They they almost made the playoffs. Yeah, um, I know he pitched a couple games for Seattle. I don't know what the Reds got on that, or if anything, I don't think they did. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, but my opinion is, despite the mixed bag. Um, because you have guys like um, Lodolo and uh, Green coming up, that um, I would think that the Reds still have a window, at least into um, like Joey Votto's last few years, you know, uh, because your farm system is pretty good. I mean, there are some reasons for optimism, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, last year, another starting pitcher that started to come on the scene was Vladimir Gutierrez. Um, he had uh, 22 starts last year, and I say we're very good at him. Um, he finished here with a 474 ERA, but um, he's the guy that can slide right into that rotation, still in Wade Miley's role. Uh, Reds lost Wade Miley. That's to right. Yeah, I forgot about that. The Cubs picked him up for nothing. I mean, they did. Yeah. They saved you guys a million bucks because you didn't have to pay the buyout. But um, yeah. But the Cubs were were willing to eat that contract and sign um, a free agent like right before um, the lockout. Uh, the Cubs signed I don't know that loudmouth guy from the Mets, the guy that's always on Twitter. I can't remember his name, but oh, I can't. Yeah, escaping me too. It's escaping me. Yeah, but I mean, we yeah the Cubs are in a to see him go in division. Yeah, if he would went anywhere else, I would have been okay. But the Cubs really. Oh, yeah, because you guys have a nice rivalry with the Cubs, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, it's, I hate looking the games, but I kind of love them, too, because um, it fills the stadium up with a lot of Cubs fans. I'm sure oh, you know for Cubs sure, man. They travel well. really well. Yeah. Yeah. They come to Pittsburgh like, as well. Those games really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, they come to Pittsburgh, too. I mean, um, Chicago is a good-sized city. The north side of Chicago is like really nice. I lived there in Wrigleyville for a little while. I mean, it's it's really nice. I mean, there's if you like baseball, it's a nice place to be. And the Cubs fans, um, they like to go on road trips. Oh yeah, for sure. So, what are your thoughts on the Pirates? I mean, um, they uh, they are going through a rebuild. And they have they don't have anybody signed more than a year. I think their payroll is like thirty two million bucks. Um, do you guys even think about the Pirates? You know, when you're thinking about the division. I, I, you know, right now I feel like it's a three team race in the Central. Even even a two team, I'd say the Brewers and the Cardinals are the two teams to look out for. I don't the Reds. You know, baseball is a funny game. A lot of things can happen throughout the course of the season. There might be a prospect that we haven't even heard of that's going to come on the scene and um, and uh, make make a difference. Um, you know, the, the, the Pirates they they have some talent. You got Cabrian Hayes, right? You got yeah, I like uh, Brian Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't know if they're going to keep Reynolds or if they're going to trade him at the deadline, um, but. Um, he had a great year, Brian Reynolds. He um, 
he definitely should have should have gotten some. Uh, actually, there was a lot of discussions on Twitter as far as um, who is going to get MVP consideration. I mean, obviously, it was a no brainer that Bryce Harper got it at the end, but for for a time there, it was uh, Jesse Winker, um, Joey Votto, and Brian Reynolds were the guys out of the central that you know people felt like had a shot to get some MVP votes. Yeah, so, you know, a lot's going to happen throughout the course of the season. You know, I know the Pirates have uh, a lot of it's a, a lot of prospects in the organization, I guess. Yeah. Uh, no one's really proven themselves on the team. Um, but I'd say the Reds and the Pirates are probably battling for last place. Wow, as a Reds fan, that's yeah, that's that's a Reds fan. That's pretty. Well, I mean, some people are are tough on their teams because I was talking to uh, the Brewers guy, as I mentioned in the intro, and they don't hit a lot of home runs. I mean, their pitching was spectacular, and they won ninety five games. And I think, like you said on your podcast, is they were pretty much, you know, from the get go, you know, to the finish, you know, they were pretty much the first place team. And then the Cardinals had that hot streak, but they don't have they don't have a ton of depth in their outfield. They have um, they have one really good outfield. They have a great infield, but they have one really good outfielder and then some question marks. So I mean, it's not like you said anything could happen. I mean, there could be injuries to the Cardinals um, if one of those Brewers aces goes down. You know? Yeah, in the Cardinals organization, it just seems like. Someone goes out there. Someone else that comes in that fills the role and yeah. helps the team win. It's it's the card it's the cardinal way. I agree, man. That's um, what, act- that's what they were saying. Yep. That's like never found the cardinals. I just I'm optimistic, I'd say, but I'm not too confident that the Reds are gonna be competing um, for this anything year. this year. Yeah. Well, maybe so, when like um said, they, maybe when those two young pitchers of- come up, you know. Yeah, um, maybe next year, you know, be Joey Votto's last year, um, Hunter Green, Nicholas Bolo are more primed and ready to pitch a full MLB season. Um, some of those prospects in, in A ball might develop and might be ready by next year. Um, yeah, maybe 2023. Lot, yep. Yeah, a yeah. lot of their prospects are in A ball right now. So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna remain optimistic. That's what a fan does. You remain you remain optimistic about the team. <laughs> yeah. Um, but pray for the best, hope for the worst. Or other way around. Yeah, but you got to be happy with Jonathan India, right? Absolutely. Okay, uh, good. Jonathan yeah. India. I don't know if uh, Jonathan India is filling in the, the community guy role. Um, that the Reds lost. Uh, Tucker Barnhart. Tucker Barnhart was great for the community. Um, the Reds traded him to Detroit. So that's another position that's kind of up in the air with catcher. Tyler Stevenson's going to fill in that role okay. as the starter. But to me, you need a two-catcher system in today's baseball. Um, I don't know that Tyler Stevenson is going to be an everyday catcher. they got to go out and find a backup catcher, a good, solid backup catcher. Yeah, or you might need, you um, might even get one if they have a Rule 5 draft. There's actually some good catchers there. Yeah, I know they, they signed a couple of guys to minor league deals. Um, and Mark Colesvari, uh, I think it's, I can never pronounce his last name. Mark Colesvari, uh, he was actually part of Team USA in the Olympics. 
Um, he's one of the Reds' top catching prospects. Maybe he uh, fills in that role. But back to Jonathan India. Yeah. Um, like I said, they, uh, they lost Tucker Barnhart. And Tucker was great for this club, great for the community. And Jonathan India has been very – he kind of filled that role as the guy that – the fan favorite, I guess you would say. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with – um, his, his hair. Everyone loves the hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's funny. I don't know if you know the story of, you probably haven't heard this story, but, um, when his first game, he walks out to his walkout music and he goes to bat. It's the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song music. Yeah. That's funny. And walking around, so his, all the players' family sits in our section too, and I'm talking to his girlfriend, and was like, "What's up with the music?" Was like, oh, all the players—they started calling him Jack Sparrow in spring training, so they they bet that he wouldn't have Pirates of the Caribbean music as his walk-up music. Huh. So he kind of became a fan favorite with that. He kind of embraced that and had fun with it with the fans, and um, I'm really high on Tyler, or I'm sorry, Jonathan India. Yeah, it sounds like he might be like the face of the franchise, like Andrew McCutcheon was with the Pirates for a while. Yeah, obviously that that's still Joey Votto right now, but in a couple of years that that uh, that role will be open, and Jonathan India is trying to take it. And how you long? Can't forget about Jesse Winker too. Jesse yeah. Winker. Oh yeah, yeah. That was, that's what I was going to say. Like, how long do you have that dude for? Is he in arbitration right now, or was he a draft pick of you guys? Yeah, Jesse was drafted in 2012. I think he still has two more arbitration years. Okay. That's what I All right. So, is there any fear that you guys are going to trade him? Like we're like we're afraid we're going to trade Brian Reynolds? I hope the Reds do the right thing and sign Jesse Winker to a long term contract. Yeah. Um, you know, he. It's not going to be like a ten year contract. The guy's 28 years old. But maybe a similar contract to what they gave Jay Bruce, which was like a six-year contract uh, with a with a couple team options. Yeah, and I mean Bruce was actually was, good for the, the Phillies. Yeah. Um, Bruce lasted a long time for a power hitter. He he had a couple good years with the Phillies in like a part-time role. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's he's the one that clinched the clinched the division in 2010 for the Reds, the walk-off home run, and he's been a fan favorite. I mean, he's still, he can come back to Cincinnati tomorrow and the Reds would embrace him with open arms. Yeah, it seems like he hits clutch home runs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he um, so that was the last time you guys won the division, right? 2010? Well, we also won in 2012, too. That was the year that uh, the Reds, they should have won the World Series that year. Uh, 2012, they, they won the Central. They... Opened up the they opened up the division series against the Giants and they went out to San Francisco and won the two games very easily. I think you know it was like twelve to two and ten to three or something like that. Like they they were scoring runs, they were hitting the ball, the pitching was great. And then they came back to Cincinnati and just things went downhill from there. And I'll never forget uh, Buster Posey um, pitching against Matt Latos. And Matt Lee's bases were loaded, and Matt Lee needed, needed, needed an out. And Buster 
Posey hit one upper deck left field. You could hear a pin drop in that stadium. Oh, man. Yeah, it's so almost like... Um, losing the next three games, and yeah. um, Giants went on to win the World Series that year. They did. They won. Giants won, like, four World Series. It was insane. Like, every other year, they would win a World Series. It was every even year, like 2010, 2012, 2014. Yeah, yeah, three of them. And then this year, they were really good, even though they were like, you know, the Wheeze kids. Like, they had, they had so many old dudes, but, um, you know, the Giants put it together for one more year. Yeah, and the, the Giants pitching rotation this year included Johnny Cueto, Anthony DiStefani, and Kevin Gausman, all former Red starters. Oh, yeah, the Pirates fans always brag about how they... um. I don't know if you guys remember this or how you looked at it. But... Yeah, he dropped the ball, right? Do you remember him dropping the ball? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Joe and I watching that game at a B-dubs, and it was just so annoying that Johnny Cueto just, he was young like that year and um, just didn't pan out in one game for them. Yeah, I mean, the good thing for the Pirates was that was the only – um, wild card game they won. They lost in uh, one of those years to um, uh, to Mad Bum, uh, Madison Bumgardner and the Giants, and they went on to win the World Series. And then they also lost to the Cubs um, when the Cubs were just starting their run. Um, that great pitcher the Cubs had for a while. Uh, he's you know he stinks now, but um, yeah, like again his his name is escaping me right now. It wasn't Hendricks, but it was, uh, it, they, no, but they had, they had three wild card games. Two of them were against, you know, central opponents, which was interesting. And they won one of them. And then the Pirates had a playoff series against the Cardinals and they lost that. So you guys have the same playoff success as we do. Pretty much. I mean, um, but you know what? The Bengals seem to be going in one direction, and the Steelers seem to be going in another direction. And the reason I say that is not the fact that the Steelers lost in the playoffs, but the Bengals have a young quarterback, and the Steelers' quarterback is retiring. So, I mean, it seems like maybe you guys finally are getting, like, the changing of the guard there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're excited. Joe Burrow, he's the real deal. He's... he's- got that killer mentality that you need as a quarterback and um, he, he puts in the work and he's got the weapons too. Yes. They went out and drafted Jamar Chase this year which was very controversial because uh, Joe Burrow is obviously you saw last week back nine times he doesn't have an offensive line around him to protect him. Obviously everyone thought the Bengals should draft offensive line and they drafted Jamar Chase and Jamar Chase is going to be offensive rookie of the year potentially. Yeah, he was a monster. Um, yep. Then they got Pete Higgins, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, CJ Uzama. They got a lot of weapons on offense. And uh, the, the question with them is will they go out and invest in an offensive line to protect those assets? And that's the same thing with the Steelers, man. They Their offensive line is mud, you know? I mean, they didn't get sacked okay. nine times, but, um, you know. Uh, but I am familiar with those guys. I mean, T. Higgins is still pretty young. Boyd has been with you guys for a while, and it seems like he, like in the middle of this year, he had a little bit of a comeback and started, you know, started catching big, big balls. I think he did a flip into the end zone one game. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, no, that, and that's, you know, you know the Bengals more than I do. And I like Joe Mixon as long as he can stay healthy. 
Yeah, right. Um, yeah, uh, Tyler Boyd, the oldest guy of those weapons. I think he's like 27 years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's been out a few years, and, and you got the other guy, Joe Nixon, was signed to a long-term contract, I think, two years ago. Um, so they have him. They were sticking around. Uh, they got the weapons. If they can keep everybody healthy, they'll be the team to beat in the AFC North for the next few years, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, or longer. And the reason I say that is it's really hard to find a franchise quarterback. I mean, every year there's like four or five guys drafted. And, you know, the way I see it, the guys who came out, a lot of times you know right away if these guys are going to be good. Um, The guy from San Diego was good. I think he came out of Oregon. Burrow was really good until he got hurt. And then, you know, sometimes you can tell that these guys aren't going to be great. And, um, you know... None of the four guys, other than the guy for New England, really impressed me this year. I mean, the Jets guy, the... um, uh, Zach Wilson. Yep, yep. And then the guy that came from Ohio State and went to the Bears, up and down, right? Like, he was pretty much a mixed bag. And then, uh, obviously, the guy that went to Jacksonville. I mean, there's a million excuses for that guy, but when I watched him, he kind of locks in, and he... he, uh, I don't know, he kind of like telegraphs his throws. Um, and I don't see that with uh, Burrow. Like, Burrow has really good footwork. He'll look one way, he'll look another way. Sometimes he'll find, like, the third guy. It's really hard to find a good quarterback. Like, guys that are in the playoffs right now that are all pretty young are Burrow, um, you know, obviously Kansas City's quarterback, and Buffalo's quarterback. Yep. I like those guys. And the other guys are older, you know, like... I'm really sick about. I'm sick of hearing about, um, you know, um, Green Bay. I'm so sick of hearing oh, Aaron about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's such yeah. a like drama queen. He always Aaron has to Bay, be in the news. Yeah. Yeah. So those two guys are old, right? But the those other three guys are, you know, I would say they're yeah, the future. And Garoppolo. Those are younger guys. Yeah, I think uh, it's nice to have a little changing of the guard as the uh, lead quarterback. And I'm glad the Bengals had one of them. Finally. Like, uh, it was the same old guys forever. But Ben is retiring. Um, Tom Brady is talking about retiring. Um, you know, hopefully we don't have to see Aaron Rodgers forever because the dude's really annoying. <laughs> and uh, But it's nice to see some young guys come up. And then the guy, there's a couple other ones. Like I said, the um, the guy from uh, the Chargers that came from Oregon, like he definitely has some potential. Oh, Justin Herbert, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like Herbert. I mean, he, you know, I, he wasn't great this year towards the end, but I don't know. He sure looked good last year, you know. He's got a great arm. I'll tell you, he, the Bengals played against the Chargers earlier this year, and there were some throws that he was making that was just made his jaw drop. Yeah, they were involved in a lot of shootouts. I think that um, the uh, the Chargers defense blew some games um, yeah. for sure, you know. So, yeah, are you going to the Bengals game then? I actually am, yeah. I got a cousin from Kansas City, so uh, me and a bunch of cousins were making the drive Friday night. Uh, we're going to meet my cousin. Uh, they're actually driving from Denver. He and, his, uh, he and his wife are going from Denver to Kansas City. We're coming from Cincinnati to Kansas City. We're going to meet in the middle, uh, have a good time, show them show them how uh, Skyline Chili is. Uh, oh, yeah, I've been there. Uh, I, I was there uh, partying with some guys, and we went up it. We went to the original Skyline Chili, which is, um, I don't know, it was, it was 
up a hill or something. I don't know. It was it was pretty good. It was like two in the morning chili, you know. Oh, that one is uh, that's that's a flipping one. That's the late night college hangout. Yeah, exactly. Yep, that's the one we went to because a friend of mine had gone to um, Cincinnati, and another friend of mine had gone to um, Xavier, and uh, those dudes were both into like Xavier Skyline Chili. We we do not talk about Xavier on our podcast. Let's not go into there. The X Men. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're all Bearcats. We're I got gotcha. you. All right. Guy, yeah, you're not big on the X Men. <laughs> and one other thing is, um, what was the mood like in Cincinnati when you guys absolutely smoked the Steelers both times this year? Oh, it was so sweet. Because they were it was, both. It was finally. It was like it was. It was finally like you know, the Bengals. Years past, like when with Andy Dalton. Ugh, the bungles um, and the bangles, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the bungles for so long. And now you have this quarterback who has the killer mentality and wants to lay it on the opposing team. Um, it's so nice. Like, he was able to pick apart the defense that we can never do in the past. It seemed like Pittsburgh always has um, three turnovers in a game like the Bengals because, you know, um, the fumbles, the interceptions. Yeah, and the pass. Finally, is finally getting getting to the Steelers. It was good. I bet, man. I remember one playoff game where the Bengals pretty much had the game won, and then they start running all over the field celebrating, and there's like a 15-yard penalty, and then another 15-yard penalty, and like the Steelers get a field goal. Like, that was a choke. Yeah, and then you had the Pittsburgh player or the Pittsburgh coach punching one of our players or <laughs> something like that. It was, that was not a fun playoff game. I remember watching that one with Joe, too. Uh, it started with a Jeremy Hill fumble and then a couple personal fouls and late hits, and all of a sudden uh, Pittsburgh's going in for, this, for the go-ahead score. Yeah, that team had a lot of talent on defense, but they didn't always have discipline like in the right spots, it seemed like. None at all. And then the and then the other interesting thing is there's been some brawls between the Reds and the Pirates. Yeah, I'll never forget uh, Amir. That's another reason Amir Garrett is hated by the Pirates because he tried to take on that whole team by himself. <laughs> yeah, they hate him. Man. There's, there's that one picture out there where I think it was uh, Tucker Barnhart trying to hold him back, and Amir Garrett's throwing punches, and he's got uh, the whole Pirates team around him. Um, I, I don't remember if it was last year or two years ago. Um, Mayor Garrett kind of looked to the dugout of the, the red dugout and said, I'm going to do this. Oh, shit. And, like, he threw a pitch. He threw a pitch and immediately ran over to the to the visitor's dugout where Pirates players were chirping at him or whatever. Wow. And there's, there's no love lost with uh, those two teams. Ah, the Pirates hate Amir Garrett, and there's always, like, some brawls going on with those two teams. but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so hopefully, you know, we get baseball sooner than later. Um, and hopefully uh, the Pirates and Reds have some good games this year. And you never know. Both of those teams have some young talent. So hopefully, you know, there's some excitement um, in Cincinnati and Pittsburgh this year. Yeah, for sure. I know Cincinnati fans will be really excited when opening day finally comes around. I don't know if you ever had a chance to experience an opening day in Cincinnati, but... 
doesn't compare to any other opening day in the league. Well, yeah, because um, it used to be the only game. It's a national holiday, yep. Yeah, it used to be the only game. It was a day game in Cincinnati, and it was um, the first game of the year. Yep, and, you know, businesses shut down for the game. Um, we had the parade, the Philly Market Parade. It's, it's a whole event. It should be a, a, a holiday. It's, I guess it's kind of considered a holiday, but it's not like a official holiday. But... Um, Red fans will be very excited for opening day in the first week, and if they're playing well, you know it'll it'll last throughout the summer. But if the Reds um, start losing games like they did in the game last year, it's going to be hard for fans to stay interested. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, and and um, the uh, you know the attendance figures you know coming out of the pandemic have been like up and down all over baseball. You know, and actually this lockout doesn't help. You know. But um, yeah, I I would say uh, a lot of Steelers fans hate Kansas City. So there are some Steelers fans on Twitter that are quietly rooting for the Bengals this weekend. So um, you know, have fun at the game. And where where can my fans and my listeners find you on uh, Twitter? And what's the name of your podcast? And are you doing anything else? Yes. Yeah, once again, um, we're Section Twenty Three Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Reds underscore Section Twenty Three. Um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook. You can look us up there. It's, it's the same, same handle for Instagram, reds underscore section 23. Facebook, you can look us up, um, section 23 podcast. Um, where you can find our podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, just search section 23. Cool, man. And yeah, you guys will have to do one, you know, about the Bengals maybe next week or something. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Toward the end of the year, when, when the playoffs are going on, Joe and Randy and I, we're all big college football fans, so we're, we're talking about everything going on in college football. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the Bengals, I'm sure, and their run. And when once baseball comes around, we'll, we'll start getting into that again. Ah, I'm looking forward to it, man. All right, well, uh, stay warm in KC. It can get pretty chilly there, but um, peace out and uh, best of luck. All right, thanks, Brad. All right, man, take it easy.